This is Franz Borkart, and I'm here with Richard Sprinkle for another episode of Legally Unfiltered. Legally Unfiltered is a podcast that discusses issues in the news and issues that affect your life. And this episode, we're going to be talking about stand your ground, self-defense. When is it okay to pull your gun and fire? Um, This comes at the heels of a Florida convenience store shooting uh to lay the framework out richard uh in florida there was a vehicle that parked in a handicapped parking spot and 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 look i'm i'm the first person that that when i see somebody parked in a handicapped spot that they shouldn't be parked in i get my feathers ruffled a little bit and who hasn't fantasized about going over and maybe giving them a piece of your mind sure but what do you do in reality i i generally either call the police or just mind my own business there you go so this individual, however, decided not to do those things. He, uh, well, actually, he did go over and give the nice lady uh, in the spot uh, a piece of his mind. Now, as a framework to this, um, when they parked, a gentleman and his son get out of the vehicle and go into the convenience store. As he is jawing, as the as the confronter is jawing with the woman, uh, the father walks out of the convenience store, runs over, and pushes the man down. Uh, when the man goes down, he gets to his knees, he pulls a firearm and fires a single center mass shot into the chest of the father, which of course is the cause of this conversation. Initially, the sheriff's office in that jurisdiction says, you know, this falls into the 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 boundaries of stand your ground. And so that was where we were as a society. It was There was layers to this. There was a white shooter, a, a, an African-American victim. Um, there were questions about whether or not this really was stand your ground or not. So the sheriff's office, on all accounts, punted. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you see this issue, the DA's office of that jurisdiction jurisdiction said, no, we disagree. And they issued an arrest warrant. Okay, And that person has been charged with a crime. So where we are now is the question of what is stand your ground? When is it okay to use self-defense? So we're in Louisiana. Louisiana has a stand your ground law that's a little bit different than Florida. Louisiana's stand your ground law is if you are in your house or your business, the four, the four walls of your house or business, or if you're in your vehicle, which we define to be an extension of your house, um, you are able to, quote unquote, stay in your ground. You have no obligation to retreat. OK, if on the other hand, you are not in those places and you are confronted with a scenario where you need to defend yourself, you can use self-defense law if you are using a reasonable amount of force to confront the threat. OK, so under that that framework, what happens is if a burglar is in your house and you are afraid for your life, you can pull out a firearm and shoot the burglar while in your house. Where you can't, what you can't do and where you run afoul with the law is if the burglar is fleeing your house and you're chasing them down the street with your firearm, then no, you can't, you can't discharge your, your firearm in their back. So that is Louisiana. Florida, on the other hand, you got to love Florida. Florida, on the other, on the other hand, has a, a very conservative mindset when it comes to stand your ground to where anywhere and everywhere you go as a human being, as if an invisible force shield is around you, you have the right to stand your ground. Now, this case has all sorts of questions with regard to who's the aggressor, um, by the way, Richard, this was all captured on video. This entire event was captured at the convenience store on video. So the question becomes, was the force necessary? Because if you look at the video, the father who was shot took a step back, threw his hands up. It happened very quickly. 
So the question was, is, is the shooter still in a, a position of threat? And is he, is it, is the force that he used necessary, necessary to, to repel or dispose of the situation? So that is the framework of stand your ground in Florida. And by the way, the prosecutors have the burden in Florida of showing that stand your ground is, is, is not an issue in this case. They have the burden of showing that the force was excessive and also, a very interesting component of the law in Florida is it is an affirmative defense defense that can be raised prior to trial. You can file a motion in Florida, and the court, before it even gets to a jury, can decide whether or not you were, quote unquote, standing your ground. So we've got a long road on this case um, before it gets to a jury of this gentleman's peer. Uh, Peers, but you know it's just really interesting because we live in a society now where people are packing. And you know one of the questions that has been raised in this, and what I want to talk about, is this whole vigilante component of this. Can stand your ground be a mechanism for you to take the law into your own hands? What do you think, Richard? It can easily be a mechanism to take the law into your own hands because if you leave the house packing, you've got the stand your ground law protecting you. What's to say you can't go and start a fight? You know, in, in, in school, now I grew up going to a public school and there were fights on the regular. And the first question that always came out was who started it? Well, nobody asks who started it when someone gets shot. The only thing that anybody cares about is who ended it and how. And a component of this is, look, the, the, the truth of the matter is, if the police were called in this this case, this probably would not have happened, you know, but it takes the police a while to get to the scene. So if it's a true threat, you know, do you say, hey, hey, Mr. Burglar, just stand where you are and wait because, you know, the cops are on their way and, and you don't know when the cops are going to get there. Um, you know, if you talk to the, the most fascinating part of this, this whole case is if you talk to avid self-defense guys and girls. Uh, These are people that take classes on self-defense, take classes on what the law is for self-defense. You know, the common thing I'm hearing in this is, man, that doesn't look like a clean shot. He was backing away. He had his hands up. You know, he was just pushed. Now, the counter argument is from a self-defense standpoint, the counter argument's going to be, this guy's bigger than me. He's younger than me. He, 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 you know, look, he could have been the aggressor because he drew the first physical co- confrontation part of this this case by pushing the guy down. You know, that is going to be a self-defense argument and a stand your ground argument with this. But it's certainly going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, you know, guns rights guys and girls also don't want bad shootings because it... Anytime we have these kind of shooting cases, it it becomes a political discussion of should you be able to stand your ground? Should, you know, should you be able to have a gun and possess a gun? And, you know, let's put the Second Amendment to the side for a second. This is what happens when people possess firearms. And, you know, it gets a little confusing and it kind of confuses the issue a little bit. But, you know, this certainly is a scary unnecessary incident that happened at this convenience store. Now, another juicy side to all this is this gentleman that did the shooting apparently had a history of utilizing a firearm uh, when confronting with people. There were at least two to three other incidents that were reported by the news. And and by the way, this made national news. One of the reasons we're talking about it. Um, 
they reported incidents of him making, you know, traffic stops where he flashed a firearm or or threatening to 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 use a firearm on somebody. So uh, this guy may have another issue with regard to having a propensity or past history of of pulling his firearm or showing his firearm or threatening his firearm. Um, strikes me as a guy though that's been waiting to shoot somebody for a while. Exactly what I was getting at earlier. If you walk out of the house packing with the intent on finding trouble. And you essentially stalk people who you may, for whatever reason, in this case, there's a variety of possibilities. You stalk people that you may want to stir up trouble with and you provoke a fight. Here you are with a weapon on you and the law on your side to protect you if you actually shoot them. It's a terrible thing. And look, I get it. Who doesn't want to be Batman? Who doesn't want to take the law into their own hands Batman on occasion? Batman never shoots people. Well, it depends on which DC uh, version of Batman you're looking at. You know, if you look at the recent DC movies, Batman has an arsenal of firearms. But the uh, the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman, on the other hand, he doesn't believe in firearms. So it's which Batman flavor are you are you are you, are you taking? I'm a Frank Miller guy personally. Well, you know, hey, I'm okay with that. So you know, that's that's part of this this issue this issue of do we want people to be taking the law into their own hands? Now, before we go, we need to talk a little bit about deadly force. Richard, can you talk a little bit? And, and by the way, folks, Richard is a former Marine. He's a, he's a veteran. There's no such thing as former Marine. That's right. There's, he's still a Marine, folks. Um, he is someone who served his country abroad uh, in foreign wars. Talk a little bit about your experience with firearms and this whole component of when it's okay to use deadly force. Well, for starters, in the military, you're indoctrine, uh, indoctrinated to deadly force before you even get to the point of being issued firearms. Uh, the first time I was schooled on deadly force was in the School of Infantry. Uh, I drew guard duty, and I had to uh, guard a warehouse full of who knows what. I mean, at the time, I'm a private. I could have been guarding a warehouse full of toilet seats. Who knows? But you're issued a baton, a nightstick, uh, and you are run through the rules of deadly force force before every shift. Uh, The corporal of the guard will come by and quiz you on the rules of deadly force uh, when it's authorized, when it's not authorized. And the bottom line is force The force a guard or the force somebody is supposed to issue in response to a threat is supposed to be commensurate with the threat. If somebody pushed you down in a parking lot in the military, the answer would not be to draw out a nine millimeter and plant one in their chest. That is that is absolutely not the commensurate level. You know, it's funny because society has gotten. I hate to use the word sissified a little bit, but it used to be that if you had a, a, a skirmish in a bar or in a parking lot, maybe you got into a consensual, a mutually consensual fight with somebody, you, you threw fists and, and that was the end of it. But now, you know, messing with people now, unsure whether or not they have firearms, unsure whether or not they're going to pull that firearm and unsure whether or not they're going to shoot that firearm is a big question mark. Now, the flip side of this, folks, is, you know, look, at the end of the day, uh, there are educational courses on this very legal topic that citizens take. Uh, They're national. Um, Richard, I don't know if you knew it or not, there's also stand your ground self-defense insurance policies out there where you can buy legal insurance uh, if you get into an issue where you're 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 you discharge your firearm in a self-defense scenario you can be insured to handle some of your legal services so this is on a lot of folks's brains Um, this case you know has a lot of of of, as we discussed earlier has a lot of ripple effects because on the one hand it, it affects gun rights and the question of gun rights it affects the question of when is it okay to stand your ground 
ground? When is it not okay to stand your ground? Again, if you're in Louisiana, this probably wouldn't have been a clean shot. In Louisiana, you can't argue stand your ground. You would have had to argue just straight old self-defense. And I don't know... I don't know if the act of pushing someone over is sufficient, is sufficient to rise to the level of pulling out your firearm and shooting. Now, he may argue, I don't know if the wife was going to get out of the car and start beating on me too. It was maybe two on one. I I think that's going to be a hard pill to swallow, but it's certainly going to be an interesting unfolding. And by the way, by the way, there is a racial component to this. What? What? I know, right? White shooter white shooter, black victim. And, you know, I was asked, uh, I was talking to this with someone the other day and I was asked, would it change thing if it was a white on white crime or a black on black crime? Well, the legal analysis doesn't change, but what I think does matter is, and what I think affected the DA in that jurisdiction was whether he admits it or not. What I think does matter is people are getting tired of seeing a a individual who is African-American shot, whether by law enforcement, by a citizen, and and law enforcement agencies just kind of throwing up their hands and saying, yeah, there's nothing we're going to do about it, which I think was the big issue in this case. To make the arrest, by the way, folks, to make the arrest, the sheriff's office just has to find probable cause. They have to say, look, we believe there's probable cause here to justify arresting this individual. And then we're going to let the justice system play this out. But to do nothing, to take no action looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. And and whether or not you believe this shooter was in the wrong or not, that is going to be a decision for either a Florida court in that pretrial motion or jury of his peers. So we will keep an eye on this, folks. We'll let you know how it shakes out. If you're interested in firearm laws, what I recommend you do is either one, search for those laws in your state, see if your state has a stand your ground law. And then in in addition to that is take some of those firearm courses. Then the firearm courses are not just, hey, here's how to shoot center mass. It's a dialogue on when it's okay, when it's not okay to pull out your firearm and lawfully shoot someone. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. Uh, This is attorney Franz Borkar along with attorney Richard Sprinkle. And thank you for tuning in. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.